0: You are listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church.
1: Good morning, everyone. We're going to get started this morning. Amen. And we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14 today. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14. This will be our scripture this morning for prayer. And I just want to thank you guys for joining us here this morning and all of everybody online this morning with us today as we come together to pray, because that is the one and one main thing we need to be doing, amen, is always praying and having that time with the Lord. So that's what we're doing here this morning as the Lord leads us and guides us through His Word. So let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for another beautiful day. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for just your faithfulness and your goodness, Father God. And we thank you for the life that we have in you today, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the life, Father God, that... Father, Lord, is there for all those today who put their faith in you today, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that Father, you are great and you are wonderful and you are awesome, my God, that you are above all, Lord Jesus, and that you are Lord of all, that you are King of Kings, Lord God, and that you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, that you are the Prince of Peace, Lord God, that you are the Sovereign Lord, that you are the Almighty God, Lord God, and Father, you are the good shepherd, Father. You are our Father, Lord. And we are just so grateful and thankful, Father God, that we're able to come together this morning, Lord, to seek you, Lord God. To seek you, Father God, for your will to be done, Lord God, because that is our prayer this morning. Your will be done, not our will be done. So, Lord, today, Father, as we seek you, we seek you through your word, my God. Father, You know the needs, Father God. You know, Father, what needs to be spoken today, Father God. You know what we need to hear today, what we need to receive, Father God. You know the Word, Father God, as You send it forth, my God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we're just trusting You, Lord God. We're looking to You. We believe in You, Lord God. For we know that all things are possible for You, Lord. So, Father, this morning we ask you for your forgiveness of our sins. Father, forgive us of all unrighteousness and uncleanliness. Father, we repent of our sins. We confess our sins to you today, Father God. Father, in every commandment and law we have broken, Father God. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, causing us to be disobedient, rebellious, Father God, causing, Father, us to have hardened hearts, causing us to sin against you and to sin against one another, Father. Father, this morning we ask you to forgive us of our sins, Father God. Father, Lord, because that is why you came, Lord Jesus, to die for our sins, that we may have that forgiveness this morning. And Lord, that we could come to you and have a right standing relationship with you, Father, through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Father God. So, Father, Father, this morning we repent of our ways and of our sins and even of our own self-righteousness and pride and arrogance, Father. This morning, Lord God, we repent of our sins. We ask you to wash us, to cleanse us under your precious blood this morning. And Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, in that same forgiveness we ourselves have received, we forgive those that have sinned against us, my God. Father, if there's anyone or any any persons today, Father, that we are holding anything against, my God, by faith and by the power of your Holy Spirit, trust in your word, we forgive as we ourselves have been forgiven, Lord. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you did not call us to do this alone, my God, but you have given us your Holy Spirit. You have filled us with your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we are so grateful today, Father God, because, Lord, you have, it, is the, it is your mind, Lord God. It is you, Lord Jesus. And, Father, we are just so grateful this morning as you lead us and guide us by your Spirit this morning. Father, you are leading us today, Father Lord, in all that we do. So we just thank you this morning, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, Father... Today we are right standing in your presence here today, my God, because we are here in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, filled by your Holy Spirit, Father God, that guarantee, my God, that you are coming back for us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you today, Lord Jesus, as you touch the hearts of many that are hurting, many that are sick. Father God, many today, Lord Jesus, that are Father God, running from you, Lord God, today that, those that, that heart that has been hardened, that has refused to turn to you, Lord God, thank you that today is a day of salvation, my God. And that, Father God, that that person, that heart can turn to you today, Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you as we willingly turn to you and seek you this morning. As we look to you this morning, Father, Lord, we thank you, Father God. That, Lord, your presence is here with us, Lord. We love you, we praise you, we bless you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. So we will be in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14. So we're going to read this this morning, and we're going to come back and break it down a little bit. So let's look here in verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, Amen. What a sight. What a picture of this. I mean, there is a, a video of this and I believe it's a Paul Wilbur um, video music video. It's it's I believe it's the Watchman or one. Huh? The Song of Ezekiel. There you go. The Song of Ezekiel. And it's Paul Wilbur. It's a song by Paul Wilbur, And it has to do with this portion of scripture. But the video that is part of that actually is a, it's a cartoon. But they do the, the video of this as the bones are coming together. So it looks pretty, it's, it's like you look at there you're like, wow, that's intense. Because, I mean, this must have been such a sight to see as Ezekiel is, is prophesying to these dry bones. And, you know, so it's, it's an amazing portion of scripture. And as I was reading this, it kept really taking me to, there's a twilight zone. I always share with like the twilight zone. But it's not just so much a Twilight Zone. I believe it's a song that everybody knows. It's an old song that's from there. But there's an episode where this man, he's an alcoholic, and he keeps singing this song, How Dry I Am. And all he says is, how dry I am, how dry I am, nobody knows how dry I am. And what it's referring to is that he's, you know, I'm not, you know, that in that episode, it's referring because he needs another drink. And he's looking for that next drink. And it's because he's so dry. And it just kind of reminded me of this portion of scripture about the dry bones. And we're going to look at that and see why as we look at to the scripture, but we're also looking to us today as a church, as a world, and how we're going to pray this morning. Amen. So how many of us know that God's word and spirit give life? Not just spiritual life, but physical life. And he could raise us up. From a dry place that we may be in today that the church may be in that we are in in our homes and our marriages and our families and our jobs and just in everything that is going on today that the word and the spirit of God can bring life and raise us up from these dry places because nobody likes to be dry. I mean, I know with all this, especially in my job, I got to be washing my hands constantly, using hand sanitizer. And sometimes you don't even know. It's like that the, the Grinch that stole Christmas when they're feeding them pudding. And one of the guys comes and says, this is not pudding. And he says, what? You know, but by that time, you already ate it. You know, sometimes you're putting these hand sanitizers on. You don't even know what it is. You're just like, oh, what is that? That smells like, I don't know, some kind of tequila or something. You know, it's like sometimes you get these really bad ones because you just see hand sanitizer now and you just use it, you know. And because of that, my hands get so dry, and they get like cut up, and they're just like, they become really rough. So I got to go moisturize them, and I got to, you know, wet them a little bit, and sometimes spit on them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But I mean, you know, it's just to keep them, because they get so dry. And when something gets so dry, it starts to crack, it starts to break, and it can actually start to hurt after a while. So I look at this, and it just reminds me of a state that many of us are in today. The body of Christ, our country, our country. Our world today is, there's just so much going on and it can leave us in a, in a dry place. So let's look at verse 1 and 2 here. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. So as we look at that, you know, normally bones and a dead body is buried. I mean, you don't go to a funeral and they just have the body on top. I mean, they do, you know, but eventually they lower it into the grave because when there is death, there's comes a burial. Jesus died on the cross and he was buried. He was put into tomb. You know, so you're always put into some type of place after burial. So when I read this portion of scripture and it says that there's bodies on the surface. There must be a reason why these bodies were not buried. Well, when you look at the scriptures and you look back at the history of Israel, Jerusalem was conquered. By war, Babylon came in and took the children of Israel captive. So these bodies and these bones are actually the bones and the lives of those that were still in the rubble of the destruction of Jerusalem. Because you got to realize, to go upon Jerusalem and see Jerusalem, it was like, as we read in Ezra, when they got there to go rebuild, this place was in ruins. The walls had been torn down. The temple was burned down. I mean, people were laid dead on the streets. And not only that, there were bodies in all this rubble. So what ezekiel is looking at is he's seeing the remnant of that which was left behind so this was done from battle these were bodies that were just laid out but as ezekiel is speaking it's not so much just the physical but it's also he's looking at their spirit, spiritual life but using this as an example of where they are at spiritually but he's using this physical example to them and he's telling them to prophesy to that, to these dry bones. Many times do me and you feel like we're in a battle. When you look at the history of Israel, Israel was always at war. They had enemies. They had other lands around them that wanted to take them out because they were different, because they were blessed. But there was a reason why There was always a battle. Let's look at Judges chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Judges chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. And verse 1, it says, Now these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. It was only in order that the generations of the people of Israel might know war, to teach war to those who had not known it before. These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites who lived on Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon as far as Lebo Hamath. They were for the testing of Israel to know whether Israel would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And their daughters, they took to themselves for wives and their own daughters. They gave to their sons and served their gods. See, God says, I'm leaving them here because I don't I want to test those that didn't get to see how the great things I did in the time of Moses. So because of that there would always be war so they would always need to come to the Lord so he can show them his glory and lead them to victory but that they would always trust in him. But not only that that they would also heed to his commands because they would be challenged to continue to live a life serving him being different being distinct from everyone else so that Others can see God, the God of Israel, through his people. To be able to come to know him through the children of Israel. So they were given these laws, they were given these standards to live by. They were given all this land that was promised to Abraham. Because God said it. But they would have to fight for it they would have to time and time again defend what was so freely given to them. They would have to defend for what was right. They would have to defend God's laws and commandments that He had given them, and by defending, and that is to be obedient to them. And in that obedience, having to do whatever it would take, which would include war, to fight for what was right. To be able to follow the Lord. How many of us know today that we still have these battles today? The biggest spiritual battle in our lives is our flesh. (laughs) It's fighting to live right. It's fighting to live holy and set apart unto God. It's fighting to, to our own desires and our own wants many times. For the sake of being obedient to Christ. And not only that, but the temptations of the world, the temptations of the teachings of the world, of the doctrines of the world, of false doctrines, of all these different things that tickle our ears, the wants, the desires of going our own way is a constant battle in this world. And what happens as many times as we are on our own, as we are undecisive, As we don't know, well, should I be obedient? Should I not? Well, I don't know. Is that what really God is saying? What it does is it places us in a place that we're in battle within ourselves. And it wears me and you down and it puts us in a place that we feel that we have to do it on our own. And many times we find ourselves doing it on our own because we refuse to be obedient or we just are not quite there yet. So there is a battle. And even in that obedience, there's times that, yes, we still are in a battle. But it's to test us. It is to help us to grow and mature in our faith. To learn to trust Him, to know that He is greater, to know that, God, you are greater than any devil, every demon, every principality. But what this can do is it can bring us to a dry place. A place of battle where we're just laid out on the surface of the floor, beaten, run down, dried out. Because of the battle. Because of the spiritual fight. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 through 20. He says, finally... Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's a lot of against. But look in verse 13, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm Look what he's saying to be obedient in. Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Who doesn't want to be obedient to that? To put on the full armor of God. To pray in all circumstances. And in that, everything that comes against you are able to withstand because you're not withstanding in your own, you're withstanding in the strength of God. Because it's Him in your life. But also notice how He says, but also pray for me that the Word comes forth as supposed to be. Because how many of us know that the true Word of God needs to go forth? So not only do we have a responsibility to stand and be strong in the Lord and to take up the armor of God because of the realities of what is against God, but also to pray for one another and to pray for all those in ministry that are responsible to bring forth the word of God, that they will bring it as God gives it. Just like Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel was brought to a place in the valley of dry bones. Those that are dried out from war, physically here, but also spiritually, and many today are dried up They're laid out on the surface because the battle has beaten them down. And this is why it's so important that the Word of God continues to go forth in truth and in the power of His Holy Spirit. Because verse 3 it says, And He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Church. Can these bones live? If you look out in their country today, you look to your neighbors, you look at your community, you look at your family, you look at this world and ask the question, can these dry bones live? The answer is yes. (laughs) But this is how, and he says, and I answered to you, oh Lord God, you know. He says, I don't know, but you know. Because many times we may look at people around us and say, man, I don't know, God, that one looks like a, a lost cause. But it's coming to a place to say, Lord God, you know. And I thank God he knew because maybe when I looked far off and man, I don't know, that guy's a lost cause. But God knew better than anyone else. And I thank God today. That it wasn't a lost cause in his eyes, and neither are you, and neither is anyone else. No matter how we may see it, just know that no one is ever a lost cause in God's eyes. But look at verse 4, he says, Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. He says, Go and speak my word, and prophesy, and this is what will come forth. A sinew is a piece of tough fibrous tissue uniting muscle to the bone or bone to bone, like a tender or a ligament. And how many of us know that that is the strength, that is where the strength comes in, and as the Word of God goes forth as today, this morning, there is strength being built up in you. There is strength being built up in us today, holding us together, piecing us together, not just individually, but corporately as a church, as a body of Christ. That is why it's so important to bring forth the Word of God because it's the strength of God that will raise me and you up from those dry places that will raise me and you up from those places where we're just just beat down on that surface because you can look upon the faces of many today and we look beaten down we look tired on the surface but thank God for the inner strength thank God for his holy spirit And he says, I want you to speak this because I want them to know that I am the Lord. And this is as we pray and as we trust the Lord and the word of God, we can know and others can know that he is the Lord as he gives them strength and raises us up all together. Because in verse 7 he says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. He did according to how God told him to speak. And because of that, it says, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone so exactly how God told him what would happen as soon as he spoke the word as he was commanded all of a sudden there was a sound and there was a rattling as those bones started to come together and piece together and they started to raise up and they started to live And many times it may look like the situation in your life, whatever's going on in your life, in your mind, in your family, in your home, in your job, in our community, in our world, no matter what it looks like. If we do what we are commanded and that is to speak the word of God and believe the word of God as he says it to be so, there can be a sound, there can be a rattling that will raise up what was dry and now give it life and strength. And that's what we're here to do this morning. We're here to pray and speak life into the church, into our world, that there may be life. God bless you. And it's funny, when I hear the rattling, I think of the movie Corpse Bride. And they start playing all the songs on the, on their, on the bones. But I don't think that's what was going on here, but maybe there was a song that busted out. Maybe that's where the song of Ezekiel came from. I have got to ask Paul Wilber. <laughs> but verse 8 says, And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied that he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. See, we can't just do it in the flesh. The flesh is not enough. We need the Holy Spirit. And he says they're not breathing, they're not living until God brings them breath. And even today as a Christian, we cannot live apart from the Holy Spirit. We need his Holy Spirit, the very spirit of God, just as Adam needed the very breath of God to live We too today, as Israel was coming back to life, as Ezekiel was speaking life to Israel, this is what we're doing today, is we're speaking life into the church, into our world today. That there would be life, but not just the flesh, but the spirit. And that these dry bones would raise up again. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones of the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. the Lord. This is Israel's hope. This is our hope. And this is the world's hope today because he says you will do it. You know, it's amazing. Ezekiel many times spoke to the children of Israel and I read a footnote that was really, I really enjoyed it. So that many times Ezekiel must have felt like he was speaking to dry bones because they rarely responded to the message that he was told to prophesy. But it wasn't always necessarily about the response, it was the belief in doing what he had been called to do, and that was to speak the word of God as he was commanded And in that, and believe and know that God was able to raise up them dry bones. So this morning, our prayer is, is that, Lord, you would wake up these dry bones, that there would be a spiritual revival of his Holy Spirit in his people, and that those that are dried up today, those that are beaten down, just weighed down from the battle through everything that is going on, that they would just be given life again through the word of God, by the Spirit of God, and be raised up in the strength of God. And those that don't know God today, that they would come to know the Lord, that they would confess Him as the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and also be filled with their Holy Spirit to be born again. Because apart from the Spirit of God, the Christian walk is impossible, especially in the battle. But in the battle, we're never called to do it alone, but we're called to do it in the strength of the Lord God Almighty. This will be our prayer this morning. I encourage you online today to pray at home as well. For 1045 service, we will have our communion. So we're looking forward to that. So if you'd like to prepare your communion for the 1045 service, we will be having communion here in the church. And for those online with us as well, we'll be coming and remembering all that the Lord has done for us. Amen. So praise God this morning, and we're going to pray this morning. Uh, For those online, we will return at 10.45 this morning. Amen? God did, though. (laughs) So praise God. Amen. So welcome, everybody, to church this morning. Amen? Pray that you guys had a great week, a great day. You know what? We're here to serve the Lord this morning. We're here to worship the Lord together this morning. And you know what? Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen? We continue to follow the Lord, and we continue to look to Him for the wisdom and the guidance and the direction And that's what we're doing here today in in the house of God is we're looking to the Lord for direction, but at the same time using wisdom at the same time, amen, looking out for one another and the love for one another as well and respect for one another, but also understanding the need to be able to come together as a body of Christ and being able to have the capability to do so. So this is why we are meeting this morning. So I know not everything is is completely uh, on the same page, but we are still submissive, definitely, but we are submissive unto God before anything. You know, but also out of respect for for our leaders and we continue to pray for our leaders and our country and our nation and our city. You know, as there's many changes and many different things going on. And you know what? We continue to pray and trust the Lord through it all. Amen. And, you know, and it's just like the word this morning that we had, you know, son of man, prophesy. Amen. Speak life into them dry bones. Amen. Because many times through all of this, so many decisions, so many choices, so many things going on. We can come to that dry place. But thank God for his word that we could speak life. And we can rise up above that and recognize, but God, you are in control, amen? And we know that our God reigns and we know that he is Lord of all. So, you know, this is what it's all about. It's just to be able to continue to praise the Lord together. So again, thank you for joining us online. Thank you for all of you guys that are here today. We're gonna open up in a word of prayer. We're gonna come together and worship the Lord this morning, amen? Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for another beautiful day, another beautiful morning, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done and will continue to do, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for being so good and so wonderful and so amazing. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that there is no other like you, Lord God. And Father, we're just here today to worship you, to glorify you, to praise you, my God, to seek you, my God. Father God, as we just look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, my God. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, that you are so good and so wonderful and so amazing, my God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that, Father, you did not call us to do this on our own, but, Lord, you've given us your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we are just asking that you would lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit this morning, Father God. So, Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord God. We give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor, Father, as we look to you, Lord Jesus. And we just bless you this morning, Father, as your word says to bless the Lord, O oh, my soul and all that is within me oh we will praise your holy name lord god so we are here to bless you lord jesus for you are good my god and we thank you father for all that you have done lord god so we just come here today to seek you lord and we thank you for this time father in the name of jesus christ oh god well how many of us know that to seek the lord and to press into the lord what is one of the greatest things that we can do We can pray, we can look to His Word, and as we look to His Word and as we pray, it should always lead us to a place of worship, amen? Always to a place of praise and worship, giving God glory, for He is good, amen? And looking beyond the situation, the circumstance, and everything that is going on, but looking to Him. And one of the greatest things we can do is praise the Lord and just start to thank Him for all that He has done this morning. Amen? Amen. So as we, start, as we worship the Lord together, I'm just going to ask you guys to sing along with me this morning. And it's just a simple song. It just says, this is how I fight my battles. Come on. Amen? So we're going to do this a cappella this morning. Amen? I want ask the worship team to come along. Brother Ramon is going to lead us this morning. Amen? <laughs> we're all going to sing it together this morning. Amen? Amen. So, this is how I fight my battles. 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 It may seem like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may seem like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how we're going to fight our battle this morning, church. Amen. Let us worship the Lord together this morning. Amen. Let's go ahead and take this time. We'll give everyone at home some time right now to do the same. so good amen amen thank you Jesus thank you Lord how many of you guys been in that dry place lately like I said it's like that song that it comes to mind from that Twilight Zone I watch how dry I am how dry I am nobody knows how dry I am only the Lord knows amen And many times we don't even know why we're so dry. But it comes when we're trying to do things on our own and our own strength. It comes at a time when we're being disobedient and rebellious against the Lord. It comes at a time when we're choosing not to be obedient or we're fighting God on some things. Or it just comes in a time where it's just, Lord, there's so much going on. But it's coming back to the Lord for that strength. It's coming back to the Lord to know that he is faithful. And he is good. And he is the giver of life. He is the water. He is he is the one that gives me new life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry. I'll take one of those. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. These are a little tricky, guys, so you gotta peel off the top first. Amen. Amen. You can peel off the top first. Amen. As we take the, t- the communion today, we're remembering the covenant between us and God through his son, Jesus Christ. We're remembering the price that was paid on that cross. We're remembering the beating that he took for our sins. We're remembering the sh- blood that was shed for us. We're also remembering that he rose again on the third day. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask my brother Oscar, if you come up and pray for the communion this morning, would you come on up for me, brother, and, pr- and pray for the communion, lead us in prayer and in communion this morning, brother? Thank you. Come on up, brother. Good
0: morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to stand here before you once again and uh, be part of this, as we all call to be participants of this, as we are the body of Christ. Amen. And the word says, and the last day, I love it from the uh, gospel of Luke. It says, "Anxiously I awaited, I waited to do this with you." Amen. And those are really words that are really deep, that the Lord spoke to those who were with Him the last night before He was taken. We take it that into consideration. Let's pray over the bread. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord. We Jesus.
0: bless Your name, Lord, yes, Lord. Jesus, thank You. For that that was given for us, Lord. For this bread, Lord, as You commanded be taken as a representation, Lord, of your body that was given for us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your kindness, and your everlasting love for us, that you will give yourself for us, sinners, Lord. But because of you, we stand righteous before the Father. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name. Take any. Amen. Says he took the cup and he said, This, take the cup and drink of it. For this represents my blood which is shed for many, all. I'm included in that many, and I praise God for it. Amen, yes, Lord Jesus. He says, But it is a commandment because later he says, Do this in remembrance of me as often as you can. So it's not just being a participant of it, but it is a commandment. That is something that I see a lot of people overlook because they don't want to partake. And they say, no, I'm not worthy of it. If he died for you, you are more than worthy to oh, receive yes, and be Jesus. part of thank it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. for so taking Amen. this, let's pray over. it, And we thank you, Lord Father, for this cup, Lord. Yes. Lord for the blood that was shed, Lord, on the cross for all redemption oh, yes. to be able to stand right before you. It was only yourself, Lord, that could pay that price. Nothing else, Lord, Father, can reconvey us and bring us back to you. Man was lost. You gave your rules. You gave your commandments. And man was not able to keep them. But you yourself, Lord, stepped down onto earth and showed us the right way, the only way to follow you and to stay right before you was to be standing under, Lord, the sacrifice that was paid the only one that can redeem us back to you. So being obedient, Lord. We partake and we take. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We Praise are redeemed. the Lord.
1: Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank, thank you, it. brother Oscar. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Give him a shout this morning. Amen. Thank you, brother Oscar, for praying for that today. Our God is so good. Amen. Our God is so good this morning and... Like he said, the only reason why we're able to take it is because we believe in what He did for you and me. And all those today that put their faith in Christ today can believe and take this communion because they believe in what He has done for them. Remember, we didn't earn salvation. We don't deserve salvation. There is salvation available today for all those who believe because they put their faith in Christ and they believe that He died for our sins. We all fall short. We all miss the mark. It's not an excuse to sin but it's a guarantee and it's a promise that He will always be there to forgive us and to wash us and to cleanse us and to remind us of that price that He paid for us because He loves me and you. He loves us so much that He died for the world so that we can have a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus. So you can call, you can call upon Him at all hours of the night. Amen. You can talk to Him at any time of the day. You can look to Him and seek Him, and He is always there for you. And you can trust Him through the circumstances and the situations knowing that he is your God and knowing that he cares for you he cares so much for you cares more than anyone else could ever care for you and me Amen. and i thank god and as we take this we took this communion to this morning this is what we're remembering We're remembering this is how much god loved me and you again he didn't just tell us i love you he showed us that he loved us on that cross He showed us how much He loves us on that cross. He shows the world how much He loves them on that cross today. That He was willing to die for our sins and pay that penalty that me and you should have paid. But thank God He rose again on the third day proving that that sacrifice was accepted. Amen? Because He rose again on the third day, that means that the promise is still there. And that that promise was true. And that promise is faithful and no one or nothing could ever break that promise that God has made with humanity this morning. Amen. And every single day. So thank you, Jesus, for being so faithful. Amen. Well, again, thank you guys for joining us this morning. Just a couple of announcements for this week. Um, This week, we will not have Bible study or normal prayer these next two weeks. Uh, What we will be doing, though, is we will be having prayer. So this week, starting tomorrow, I will be opening up here from 6 to 8 p.m. for five days, Monday through Friday this week and next week. And we will be praying. Um, So you can feel free to join us. You can feel free to join us um, at home, wherever you may be. If you work, you know, take that time. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be praying through the book of Daniel. So starting tomorrow, we will start in chapter one and every day going on from there, even Saturday and Sunday, we will end up and we'll end by the following Friday in Daniel chapter 12. So even if you're not able to come out for prayer tomorrow or any of the days, you could still pray in the time that you're allotted to the time that you may have. Maybe you work or you got other things going on, whatever it may be. But you just take that time, even if it's just five minutes out of your day, just to sit, read that scripture through the day, and just know that all of us are doing it together. So tomorrow we'll be starting Daniel chapter 1, and then from then on we'll be doing 2 and 3 and all of that. And what I may be doing is I may just put up a quick link to the YouTube uh, channel, and uh, I may just open it up just to read the scripture. And then from there, you know, we can all be praying here, and whoever's here with me, and, uh, and... wherever you're praying as well. So if you're not able to to see it that day, you can watch it later or, you know, whatever time you may have. But even if you don't watch it or not, you can read it on your own. Amen. So it's also a good way to make sure you're reading your Bible. Praise God. Amen. So maybe sometimes you don't know what to read. Well, Daniel, the book of Daniel. Amen. And I'm just I I just I love the book of Daniel. I love the Bible. But man, Daniel's got some good stuff in here. But it's very challenging to me and you as a definitely as a believer because you see the life of Daniel and, um, you know, the other guys as well. Amen. So I'll, I'll work on their names later. Amen. Because we're going to read a little bit on them today. So praise God. Amen. So that's what we'll be doing for the next two weeks. So, you know, encourage you. I, I, I believe that you, you know, just encourage you to, to join us in prayer. Amen. Because we definitely need to be praying and seeking the Lord through everything. So praise God. There's power in prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to the book of Daniel, chapter one. And we're going to kind of cheat a little bit. We're going to jump ahead today. Amen. We'll to start in Daniel chapter 1 all together. We're still going to read it tomorrow, but today would be the, the, the first day of it. <clears throat> in Daniel chapter 1, we're going to read verse chapter 1 to chapter 12 this morning. Amen. <laughs> I'm pulling a Letty. Leti is pretty good at that. amen. I think she said that last time she was up here. No, we're going to be reading Daniel chapter 1. And this morning's title of the message is What's Next? What's Next? Getting to a place of, well, okay, but what's next? What's my next step? What's my next decision? Where do we go from here type of deal? Getting to a place, well, what do I need to do? You know, it's just that, what's next? Sometimes you get to a place and there's so many different things going on and news saying this and that. And it's like, oh, well, what's next? Or you're watching TV and you're just like, what's next? <laughs> okay, you guys don't watch TV. I got you. No, that's fine. <laughs> Amen. But there's always a what's next. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. But it's how to look at the what's next. And you may be in your place in your life today of what's next for you. What's next in your walk? What's next in your life? What's next for this coming year for you and your family and your household, your job, a relationship, a friendship, you know, time with the Lord, ministry, whatever it may be. But wherever you're at today, let this message penetrate your heart to give you wisdom and direction so you can make the right decision in what's next. So we're going to look at that today today about how to do that, an example of being led by the Holy Spirit and by the voice of God. So it's going to be a bit of a journey through it, but it's all getting to what's next. And you might go through the message and be like, man, well, is he almost done? What's next after this? But, you know, it's part of the message, so I hope that does happen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So let's go to Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we just submit ourselves to you this morning, Lord God. We lay everything on the side. We push everything aside. We lay it at your feet, Lord. And we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Lord. And Father, we thank you as we submit to you, Lord. Your word says we shall resist the devil and he shall flee. So Father, this morning in our submission to you, we are resisting the devil, Lord God. And Lord, your word says he shall flee. So in Jesus' name, he is gone, Lord. And we just thank you this night, Father, because it's not a magic, it's not... No, this is our faith and our belief because we're taking you at your word, my God. So, Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 So, let's go to verse 1 of chapter 1 of Daniel. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Aspinaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family of the, and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans, The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years at the hand of that time. I'm sorry, at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Balthazar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. We're going to stop here real quick because I want us to look at a couple of things here, okay? So we're looking between verse 1 and 7 here. And we're seeing the captivity of, of Israel, of Jerusalem, now taken to Babylon. And they're taken to a foreign land. They're taken out of their comfort zone. They're taken away from the temple of God. And they're placed now in a foreign land. But not only are they just placed, they're enslaved to this land. Because this land has conquered them. This king has conquered them, Nebuchadnezzar. And so what he does is he sees all the, the beautiful people, you would say, those that are of, of importance, those that they see have an education, those that they see, hey, we can use them and we can raise them up. And what we can do is we can indoctrinate them. We can raise them up as our own and we can teach them how to be Babylonians and to basically see things from a Babylonian or a world view. Does that sound familiar to you today? Does that sound a little too familiar today? And this was the purpose of bringing these men, these young guys here, to teach them that. Because if you notice, in verse 5, it says they were to be educated for three years. Now, they weren't going to be educated in the God of Israel. They were going to be educated in their doctrine and their beliefs and the way they do things. That word educated is seen, uh, the first, the root word of that is to twist, or that is to make large or to cause to grow. How many of you know when you get an education, your mind starts to grow, you grow, you're learning, and what that's referring to is you're, you're twisting, you're squeezing, but it's causing something larger to come out. You know, it's like you get that thing of toothpaste as an example, and you start to twist it, you start to squeeze it, and what happens, something comes out, growth comes out of that. Well, it's the same thing in the education. They're looking for something greater to come out. They want them to grow, but they want them to grow in what they are educating them with. This is why it's very important. Be careful what you allow yourself to be educated with and where you get your knowledge from. But see, it doesn't necessarily mean that this was a bad thing. But it's based on the person who is getting this education. Some of the things they would be teaching them would be mathematics, astronomy, history, science, and magic. One, two, three, four, five. I think they were missing P.E. That's what was missing, guys, right? (laughs) P.E.? They are missing P.E. Because it's supposed to be six periods here. (laughs) Amen? So, hey, there might be something to that. (laughs) But these are the things... And, you know, is it the other one, uh, an elective, right? They probably didn't have elective. Maybe magic was the elective. We'll figure that out later. (laughs) But these are the things that they were going to be teaching Daniel and these three others and all those that they took to Babylon that they wanted to raise up in this education. And this was pretty much all the education. This was like the best education in the world at that time. Babylon had it all. So they were going to be educated and end these things. So it was going to be a pretty, you know, they were getting a free, expensive um, education here. And how many of us know today it's not wrong to get an education? It's okay to get an education. If you're one of those that loves education and wants to learn more, wants to go to school, wants all these things, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is when we allow that education now to draw us away from God. And we become so wise, we've now become stupid and foolish. Because now we start to look at the creation instead of to the Creator. And we start to become too smart for our own good. But let's just back that up a little bit. Let's not just look at the education, but what about your life in street smarts? A lot of us got street smarts, educated in different areas in different ways. Maybe not book smart, but you're good on tests, you're good in the streets, you're good in your job, you're good wherever you're at. But sometimes, what happens in that education and your learning and all that you know, now you become greater than God. And you start to make decisions and you start to use all these things because you know more than God. You start to diagnose yourself as a doctor. You start to diagnose others as a psychiatrist. And we start to think we know more than we really know because in reality we know nothing. Our percentage is very small. I heard it put one way as a person was talking to a gentleman that was really smart and he, was, he said he was like one of the know-it-alls. Reminds me of the Polar Express. Have you ever seen that? They call a kid one of the kids on there the know-it-all. He's funny. I like him. But they call him the know-it-all, and he says he's talking to this guy, and he's not even talking to him, this guy's just talking about all that he knows. And I don't know if the story's true or not, but it's a good story, so I'm going to use it. And so as the guy's talking, he says the guy just keeps talking and talking about all the things he knows, this, that, and the guy just like, I don't know what to say, man, I'm not even, like, smart enough to get in this conversation. So finally the guy asks him, well, what do you do? He says, well, I'm an evangelist, you know, I'm... preach the word of God and I go all over the world and I preach the word of God. And this guy is an atheist. Well, in short, the guy ends up challenging him to, well, what is it that you know? And so the guy just said out of nowhere, he just got this response. And asked the gentleman, he says, listen, he goes, in all of the world's knowledge, in all that you know, what is the percentage that you say that you would know out of all the knowledge in the whole, in this whole world, and earth, how much percentage would you say you have of it, that you got it, that you know it? And he said the response was 3%. 3%. A know-it-all, but knows that he only knows 3% of everything, because how many of us know that not everybody knows everything? Even the wisest person in our world can probably only know a certain small percentage of what really goes on in our earth, not even talking about the universe. And what he was able to do is he was able to question this gentleman and let him know. So you're saying that in the 3% that you know, how do you know that God is not in the 97% of what you don't know? And that is the truth. Many times we make our decisions and the things that we do, we allow what we see, what we're hearing, what they're talking about, what they're teaching us, we allow that to dictate and to determine what's next. And what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're knowing is probably less than 10% of what is really the truth. So imagine, just like he said about the 97%, let's let's just say, the source of news and all that we have and all the knowledge that we have in our situation, in our circumstance, whatever's going on in our life, okay, 50% of what they know is right. 50% of what we heard is correct. But what about the other 50% that we don't know about, that they don't know about? But God does. Because God not only knows the other 50%, he knows the 100%. And this is the danger of education. Education is great. But when you know where your source of education is from, there's nothing wrong with learning. There's nothing wrong with reading. There's nothing wrong. Grow in education. Do that. Learn. Take trades. Whatever you may do. Have pride in what you know. That's fine. You're good at your job. Praise God. You're good in school. Praise God. You're good at video games. Praise God. Cause I'm not that great any, anymore used to have a moment there whatever it may be that's fine I'm not okay parents I'm sorry I'm not giving the, the you know the kids or the husband you know <laughs> to just play video games all day but you know it's it's uh, you know it's it's uh, <laughs> or wives I know there's a lot of women playing video games now too But I'm just saying never take for granted what you know and what you are good at. And it may seem small to you, but it's not small to God. You may be good with a mop. You may be good with a broom. You may be good with drawing, whatever it may be. However small you think it is, it's not small to God because God placed that there. Yeah, when you clean, you get everything and even the back. Everyone else just kind of gets the part you could see. Oh, I hit a nerve on that. I'll, I'll I'll move on a little bit. All right, I'll move on a little bit. But don't worry about the ones that don't get back there. You take pride and thank God that you get back there. Because God made you detailed and gave you an excellent spirit. Because you know and want to see every detail done. This is Daniel. This is these three Hebrew boys here. And look at verse 7. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called and Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. They even changed their names. Daniel means God is my judge. Belteshazzar means Bel or Marduk protect his life. A god of Babylonia. Hananiah, the Lord shows grace. His name was changed to Shadrach under the command of Aku or the moon god. Mishael, who is like God. Meshach, who is like Aku. Not Apu, but Aku. (laughs) I could be saying that wrong. Azariah, the Lord helps. Abednego, servant of Nego or Nebel or Nabu, God of learning. They did everything they could. To change the point of view, to even changing their names and their outer appearance to look like Babylon. Oh, but praise God. (laughs) No matter what the world may do. And you may have the appearance like everyone else, but always remember you are just a pilgrim passing through. But me and you got to be like Daniel in verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. He had a resolve in his heart. No matter they change my name. No matter they teach me all these things. But I will resolve in my heart. I will not sin against my God. Because my God will continue to be my God. And I will live as my God is still God. See, so there's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with all this learning. There's nothing wrong with seeing all these things. Just never forget who your God is and resolve in your heart that you are not going to compromise for anyone or anything else because you still belong to God. And He loves you. And He will look after you. And He will protect you. And He will lead you. And He will guide you in His wisdom. In his wisdom. So whatever decisions, whatever choices, whatever you're looking to as what's next. Don't put so much attention on there. Focus and resolve in your heart who your God is. Focus in your heart, your Lord, and seek him. And let him lead you and guide you and direct your footsteps. Because let me tell you something. He already knows what's next he's already there before you but let me tell you be obedient because if you want to walk into the blessings of the lord and what's next for you you're going to have to be obedient you're going to have to heed to the voice of the lord and it's going to cause you to be challenged as we're going to see here daniel is challenged Because right here it says, therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. I don't think that must have been easy. We read it as just words, but this must have been hard. They're putting themselves in a place. These guys can kill us. They can torture us. But he had a resolve in his heart already. But no, I will not defile myself. This was something between him and God. This wasn't because the priests were telling him or the Levites, no. This is something that Daniel made a personal decision within his heart and within his life to say, I will not do this. Even though everybody else around him may have. When you watch Veggie Tales, everybody bowed down to that big bunny that was erected. Except those other vegetables. But see, it's not a matter of what everybody else is doing. It's a matter of your relationship with God and what you have made a promise and a decision in your heart to commit to Him. I can't worry about Tom. I can't worry about Yolanda. I can't worry about the other Yolanda. What they resolved in their heart, I have to make what's resolved in my heart between God just as they do, just as you do, just as all of us need to. And then you got to be willing to stand for it. you got to be willing to fight for it. you got to be willing to trust the Lord through it. And in verse 9, but look at this, and this is what God does. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my Lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So would you endanger my head with the king? He's worried about himself. Not even worried about them. He's like, no, I'm worried about myself. But look at the favor of God. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Israel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you. And deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus." Nebuchadnezzar and King Cyrus recognized these men are not like everybody else. And it wasn't because of the education they were giving them. It was because these men had resolved in their heart. They were not going to bow down to any other God but the God of Israel. They resolved in the heart they were going to live righteously before God. And many of us today are challenged in our lives today. Because we want to be led by the wisdom of the world, we want to be led by our own wisdom and our own knowledge of what we know. Lord, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay these bills if I do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go here if I do that. I don't know, Lord God, if I make this move. I don't know how this, what this person is going to think of me, God, if I break off this relationship. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And we go based off our wisdom and our knowledge instead of trusting the Lord and saying, God, you tell me to do so. I'm going to trust you through it, Lord God. I'm going to give, I'm going to do, I'm going to seek, I'm going to say, and I'm going to know and believe, God, that you got my back. I'm gonna trust you for what's next I'm not gonna go based off the education of the world I'm not gonna go based of what I've learned I'm not gonna go based on what everybody says they think they know I'm gonna go based off what your word says and what you know God and I'm gonna know and believe you are faithful And as your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. But don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. It starts with the fear of the Lord. See, these men, they were educated, they were brought in they, all these things were done, but they were still children of God. They didn't allow those influence. They learned, they learned a lot. And God was able to use that to bring him glory even in Babylon. You, know, you might not always like what they're teaching you at your job. You might not always like what they're teaching you at school. You might not always like what is going on in your neighborhood or in our country. But let me tell you something, when you know who your God is, God will give you the wisdom and understanding to see through it. And he'll use that wisdom and knowledge to bring him glory. I thank God for science. Because when I read it and I look at all those things, I'm like, man, God, that just shows me how great you are. That proves to me even more, God, that you are the creator. Because I always love those videos that say, we think... This is what happened. We've come to know or realize. And then years later, it changes. But God never changes. And I might not understand how he created the heavens and the earth in seven days, six days. But he doesn't tell me to understand. He just tells me to believe it. And take him at his word. And I'm going to trust him through it. Because it's in that believing that I'm able to see, God, if you were able to do that, then God, I know in these six days coming up, Lord, you got my back. You can take care of all these things coming up and those things behind and even further than that, Lord God. Because you are faithful. See, we can live in the world and still not be of the worlds. You could still be holy and set apart in this world today but we have to be a church that is resolving in our heart that we're not going to compromise. That we're not going to shade the area and make it gray when it's white and black. It's, that's it. It's straight. It's simple. I'm not saying we will always do the right thing. I'm not saying we will always say the right thing. I'm not always saying we will understand and, and want to do the right things, but it's recognizing still, I recognize it's still wrong. It's wrong that I said that. It's wrong that I did that. It's wrong that I thought that. And I'm not going to try to say that God is okay with it. I'm acknowledging it. But thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I am here to confess and acknowledge this sin to you, Lord God. I need your help. Rise me up again, Lord God, and help me to live for you. It happens. Sin happens. That was not say the other word. No, I said sin happens. (laughs) But that's where we have the cross. That's where we have the blood of Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to close up with this scripture here. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. and We're going to look at some wise men here. Verse 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. This is what wise men do. This is what wise women, wise people do. Verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. You know, it's funny, as I was reading this in different footnotes and stuff like that, it says it's amazing how we always think of the three wise men, but when you look at the translations, nowhere in there does it ever say the three wise men. It's not specified who these wise men were. It's not specified how many there were. But I like the footnote. It says, you know, it's amazing. We get most of our Bible literature from greeting cards, and we assume it's correct. So if the greeting card says it, it's got to be true. The Bible's got to be written wrong. That's like I said, the movie, the Ten Commandments, growing up, watching that, and then reading the Bible, I said, man, the Bible's wrong. That's not what happened in the movie. Yeah, it took me a little bit to, you know, no, it's the Bible that's right, the movie's wrong. But it says that these wise men came from the east, saying, where he is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The word "wise men" is also known as magi or magian, an oriental scientist, a magician, a sorcerer, a name given by Babylonians, Medes and Persians and many others. And one of those things is known would be astrologers, teachers and all these other things, but it would have been also known as astrologers. And it says that they saw this star, Balaam in numbers 24:17 prophesied about that, we'll wait till it comes up over here, Judges, I'm sorry, Numbers 2417, we'll get there right now guys, well you know you guys have it in your Bible, right? (laughs) Yes. And I see him, but not now I behold him, but not near a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. Now these were writings that definitely came through over many years. And again, it's not really understood if these men were maybe Israelites, you know, maybe scattered abroad or where they got all this, they could have got this stuff from Babylonia. It could have been some of the stuff that Daniel, as he was part of that, and it made it over the years. There's nothing really specified in it. There's a lot of different thoughts and opinions. But regardless of the fact it was prophesied, and regardless of the fact, these men, these wise men knew about it, and they were seeking out the Messiah. And that's what they were here doing. These wise men are seeking out the Messiah. What's next? Verse 3 and 4 says When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in verse 5, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, which is found in Micah 5.2, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. And in verse 7 says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. You know, it's amazing. These wise men come, however many of them there were. And first of all, Herod is just looking out. He's, he's you know, it's all nepotism. He was basically placed up there and he wasn't even a true Israelite. So he was jealous. He was concerned about his position, of somebody coming and taking his position. You ever have a boss like that? <laughs> you ever have a co worker like that? Have you ever been like that? <laughs> so this is what he's worried about. But what really gets me is as he asked the scribes and he asked those that know about the scriptures. And ask them about the Messiah, and not only that, they quote the Scripture. These are educated men that study their whole lives, that know the you know the the Torah, and they've studied that they can they can recite it by memory. They knew all the laws, the books of the prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs. And here are these wise men looking and basically looking for the star, looking for the Messiah. They hear about this, and yet they don't go with them to find out if it is true. How many today are reading the Word of God, are looking at the Word of God, are hearing the Word of God, but have no desire to truly see the Messiah? Because what the Word of God should do for me and you, it should cause me and you to want to see the Messiah. To want to follow the Messiah. To want to come to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So we see in all that education, and all that knowledge, it did them no good because they rejected the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because it wasn't in their heart. It was in their mind. It was in their mouths, but it was far from their heart because if it was in their heart, they would have went with these wise men and said, oh, where is the Messiah? We want to see Him too and worship Him. But instead, they send the wise men away on their own. The danger of even education in the church of knowing the Word of God, but never seeking the one to whom the Word is about. The one that the, who the Word is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the very Word of God. His Word shall not return back void, but accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Higher than the heavens. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. But yet in their own knowledge, in their own place, it kept them from coming to see the Messiah. But I thank God that the Lord allowed me to come and see him. Because I'm a very smart guy, if you didn't know that. I'm smart enough to know. I don't know any, really anything. Especially compared to the Lord. Because he knows it all. And verse nine says, after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, went before them and it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasuries, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know what's amazing in these wise men? They didn't go to see the Messiah to see what they can get. They went to give and to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is the true wisdom of a man, of a woman. Is to have the wisdom enough to say, Lord, I'm not here for anything. I'm here to just give you my praise, my heart. I'm here to glorify you. I'm here to seek you because, Lord, you are everything. And recognizing I have all that I need in him. He brought them these things and gold is representing a born a king. Royalty, frankincense, his life, his deity. Myrrh was referring to his death and burial. But you know what's a beautiful thing about his second coming? In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 6. There's just a little side note if, if we can put that up here on the laptop. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 6. It says, a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news. The praises of the Lord. That is the second coming. Do you notice one of the gifts that is missing from that portion of Scripture? The myrrh. Because this time there won't need to be a death and burial. That took place already. He died and he rose again and he's coming back as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is risen. And he is coming back for his church without spot or blemish. But see, look at this part here as we close up this morning. Does everybody remember what the question was? What's next? next? These wise men came seeking the Messiah. They went based off of the word that they had that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and they followed this star. Many times me and you will Read the Word of God and we'll follow the Lord according to the Word of God. And because of that, we come and we praise Him as we did here today. We came to worship Him. We came to glorify Him. We came here to say, Lord, this is all of me. Here I am. As these wise men did. And in verse 12, it says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Lord spoke to them. The Lord made the way clear. The Lord made the path clear. And He appeared to them in a dream. And they knew, we cannot go back to Herod. But wait a minute. These wise men, they came all this way, traveled for like two years to get there. These wise men went coming and seeking the Messiah, and they find the Messiah. He's a baby. He's probably about two years old by then. Still a baby. And they worship him and they give him these gifts. And as they walk away, they find out what's next. You want to know what's next? And all your wisdom and everything that you know, continue to seek after the Messiah. Don't come to him because of all that he can give you. Come to him for who he is. Because he's already given me and you everything. He paid that price. All of that was just to lead there. You want to know what's next? Keep seeking the Lord for who He is. You want to know what's next in your life and decisions and different things? Keep seeking the Lord for who He is. Resolve in your heart to live for God. Resolve in your heart to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Resolve in your heart to trust Him as you wait on Him, as you look to Him. And no matter what happens, that Lord, I'm going to trust You through it, my God. No matter what, keep seeking Him. Don't allow Your wisdom, Your knowledge, the wisdom of the world, the knowledge of the world, to ever take you away from the true Word of God. Because it's in that... As you use your wisdom, be wise and seek the Lord. He'll show you what's next. And it may not be a vision, it may not be a dream, it may not be a still voice, but it will be something you will know, this is the Lord. Because I've had many times in my life that I just know, Lord, it is you. And even though I didn't see anything but just in here, I know it's Him. I just know it's Him and I have to trust Him. This year we've all been put in that place. Lord, I just have to know it's You and I'm going to trust You. And He has been faithful and He will continue to be faithful. It doesn't matter what age we are, He is always faithful. He's a good God. Amen. What's next? We're going to pray. And we're going to continue to pray. And we're going to continue to seek the Lord. And we're going to continue to depend upon His strength by His Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank You this morning, Lord. We give You all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Father God. Father, you know our hearts this morning, Lord. You know where we've been. You know where we're at today, Lord God. And Lord, it's really up to us on where we're going and the decisions that we make, Father God, whether we do or we don't. But Father, today, Lord, we recognize, Lord Jesus, that Father, we have been influenced by many other things. Father, many of us here lived lives, Father God, because of the influences, Lord, of others, of the lives that we grew up in, my God, that just became a part of our lives, Father. And that's all we ever knew. So we lived accordingly. But Lord, it wasn't until you stepped in, Lord, and made yourself known to us. It wasn't until you, Lord Jesus, revealed your truth to us, my God, and gave us the opportunity to know you and to confess you as our Lord and Savior, that we really got to see the truth and recognize, Lord God, that is not the right way. And Father, even today, Lord God, we have many ways of thinking, my God, old ways of thinking, because Father, it takes a lifetime, Lord God, as you do the work within our lives, Father, to get out of that thinking, to get out of those ways, to get out of the way we always have done things, my God. But Lord, we thank you for your patience and we thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we continually come to you, Father God, and looking to you, you help us, Lord, through it, my God, and you continue to teach us through it, Lord. Father, today, many of us are in here, Lord, wondering what is next, Lord God not just in the world, not just with this virus, but Lord God, what's next in our lives? What's next in our walk? What's next, Father God, for us in our hearts and we as a church? Lord, help us to continually seek you. Not for what you can give us, not for what we want, but Lord, because of who you are and all that you've already done for us. And recognizing, acknowledging, Lord God, we already have all that we need. Because Jesus, you are all that we need, Lord Jesus. And in that, Lord Jesus, that we would not be influenced or father taken back or walk away, Lord Jesus, from you. Because of the wisdom of this world, because it's limited, my God. But Lord, that we would allow you to use that wisdom of the world, Father, to bring you glory. To teach us about things, to show us things, my God. And Lord, also how to talk to other people around us and share your love and who you are, my God. In the wisdom of the world, but through your wisdom, Lord Jesus. Using the talents and the gifts, my God, that we have in this world to bring you glory, my God using the heart to serve and to labor and to help, my God, to bring you glory, my God. Father, whatever it may be, Lord Jesus, and however you use our lives, Father, and Father, what is in our heart, no matter how small or great we may think it is, Lord God, it is all the same to you, because you see us the same, Lord. But Lord, the purpose of it all is all to bring you glory. Glory. That others may know you and know that there is a God who loves them and died for them and that they can be saved as well, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. As Father, we trust you for what's next. And Lord, whether you make it known to us or not, clearly, my God, we're going to trust you, Lord. And Lord, whatever's next, Lord God, thank you that, Lord, we're not doing it alone. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us all the provision and equipped us for all that we need for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the wisdom through it, my God. And thank you, Father God, that you are faithful, Lord, through it all. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, Father God. Father, we know that there's many today that are testing positive or been around people that are positive. And Lord, just everybody's in a weird place right now. But Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you're the healer. We thank you, Father God, that you're able to heal and deliver. And Father, Lord Jesus, we know there are many others with other sicknesses going on. And in Jesus' name, we speak life, Father God, into every single one of our brothers and sisters today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we know there's financial hardship. And Father, in Jesus' name, we speak life into those finances today. Father, we know that there's many issues in relationships today, in marriages and families, Lord Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak life, Father God, into these marriages and families today. Father, we know there's much division in the church today. and We speak life into your church this morning, my God. That there would be unity in life, my God, by your Spirit, Lord God and that, Father God, Lord, we would be united together in your strength and in your power according to your word, my God, to praise you and to glorify you in all that we do, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you this morning for your peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. God bless you. We are dismissed this morning. Amen. If you need prayer, we'll.